How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. All right. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer. And today we're going to be talking about why the education system is broken, how to get clear on what you should really be doing with your life, and a couple of simple steps to really get you moving in the right direction so that you can actually have a life with more money, more meaning, and more freedom. And for all our Shit You Don't Learn in College fans out there, if you've gotten any value from any of our shows, don't forget to go to sidlikbook.com. That's S-Y-D-L-I-C book.com to opt in and be notified when our pre-sale for the Shit You Don't Learn in College book opens up August 23rd. It will be an absolute game changer. Everyone who buys the book during the pre-launch sale will get over $3,000 in bonus trainings and programs. So you will want to head over to sidlikbook.com to check it out. Now, now let's dig in with the show. All right, so today we're going to be talking about college, right? We're going to be talking about college now. Whether you have an opinion that uh, college is a good thing, college is a bad thing, everybody should go to college, nobody should go to college, some people should go to college. Uh, the reality is that more and more people are questioning whether or not college has the same le legitimacy uh, that it has in the past. Uh, so this is a topic worth bringing up, obviously, the title of the show, the title of the book. Now, if you weren't aware, 49% of Americans with college degrees think that college is not that important anymore, according to Gallup. On top of that, 27% of college grads work in a field related to their major done by, uh, this is a study done by Federal Reserve Bank. That means one fourth of people that get a degree are actually working in a field that they actually need their degree. Now, I want to contrast with the fact that 41% of people who uh, acquire a college degree work in a job that does not require a college degree. So significantly more people work in a job that does not require a college degree than people who get a degree and actually work in their field, all right? A little bit interesting to think about. Now, another fun stat, 61% of all degree holders would change their majors if they could go back. This poses another interesting question. Are we forcing people to pick majors too young or too early and not doing enough, uh, enough of a good job to really clarify what people should be doing? Most people cite that they want to pursue their passion, and that's why they want to go back to school and get a different degree. Now, I think everybody, uh, not everybody, I think there's another study that was done that said 95% of people would agree that college isn't completely worthless, right? But it 
it does, you know, it does lack in a lot of the areas that the big promises that college promises you. You know, there's going to be a lot of things that you learn from college. For example, when I went to UCLA, I learned how to open beer bottles with my iPhone. Now, this is a cool little party trick that if you ever see me out, I'm happy to show you how to do this. Uh, by far one of my favorite things that I learned in college. But no, seriously, when I when I went to UCLA, uh, one of my favorite things that I tell people is like, yeah, I don't use my engineering degree much anymore. But what I learned in college, I learned how to learn. Uh, and I learned how to problem solve. Being an engineer, I learned how to be a problem solver and just quote unquote, figure shit out, right? I learned that everything is figure outable. Um, so I did learn a lot in college. But uh, were there other ways that I could have learned that that didn't cost me $120,000 of debt? Absolutely. Right. So, you know, one of my favorite things to talk about with people is that, you know, back in the 1970s, uh, you know, high school degree got you a great job and, and college got you really any job that you wanted. Right. You were the cream of the crop. Now, fast forward a little bit to the 80s and 90s. And a high school degree was, you know, less important and you really needed a college degree to get a great job. Fast forward into the 2000s and yet you can't even work at Starbucks without a master's degree, right? The idea of college and the education system and what it was is not the same as it was 50 years ago as it is now. And a lot of people are very clear that self-directed education will be much better for the system moving forward. For example... I have 15 people on my team right now. I have 15 people on payroll at High Impact Coaching and Shit You Don't Learn in College. And 50% of them make over six figures. And most of them, well, actually, technically, all, none of them use their college degrees in that, in that lineup. And most of them don't even have college degrees. But the reason that I'm willing to pay someone six figures or often multiple six figures is not because of their education in college. It's because of their education and what I call the trivium and the quadrivium. So to understand why this is important, we really need to understand, uh, where, where our education system came from and why it is the way that it is. So I'm going to drop some knowledge on you guys right now for anybody who's heard of the trivium and quadrivium um, this will be helpful. So the trivium, uh, the trivium is basically, uh, this is the way, this is the standard form of education back in Gre the Greco-Roman times, uh, originally established by, by uh, Plato and Socrates. Um, what constitutes a, uh, a valid contributing member of society was mastery uh, in these three areas of the arts, which, uh, which form the foundation of the trivium. Uh, the three areas of the arts were uh, gramic, uh, sorry, gramic, <laughs> grammar, uh, or the ability to uh, learn and to teach, right? Grammar, you need, you need grammar to learn and to teach. Logic, that's where gramic came from, apparently. Uh, logic, which is the ability to reason, right? And then um, rhetoric, or the ability to critically think on something and re-deliver, okay? So grammar, the ability to learn and teach, Logic, the ability to self-reason on your own, right? And then uh, rhetoric or the ability to critically think on something and then re-deliver. Now, this, when, when you master, you know, people would spend years and decades uh, apprenticing and training under people to master these three areas before they would be considered an individually uh, contributing member of society. Now, along comes imperial, the Imperial Roman era, and with Imperial Rome, one of the most important things with uh, Imperial Rome is militaristic expansion, right? An expanding, uh, conquesting uh, nation uh, needs a lot of soldiers, right? So what makes a terrible, terrible soldier? Well, I'll tell you. Somebody who can learn and teach on their own, 
somebody who can reason and logic on their own, and somebody who critically questions everything that you're doing. Those make terrible uh, military personnel. Those make terrible worker ants and soldiers. So in the imperialistic Roman era, we did away with this idea of the free-thinking, creative uh, um ideology of education that was put up in Greco-Roman times before with Plato and Socrates. And we came into what's referred to as outcome-based learning. And I'll talk a little bit more on that in a second. We came up with something called outcome-based learning, which is really helpful to produce cogs in a wheel or worker ants or, you know, soldiers for imperialistic Rome, right? So this worked really well for the Roman era's um, and this basically ran all the way through, uh, you know, medieval times. There was a little bit of transition during the Renaissance, but then you then you see a resurgence of this, a very strong resurgence of this education system in the industrial area in the Americas. Right now, I'm a huge proponent of capitalism, but the education system that was built around this uh, has created issues. If you think about capitalism, like what is capitalism? Well, it's a form of economic expansionism. Right. So, you know, it's very similar in, in the sense that we are now creating corporations, which are their own mini armies. Right. There are their own oh, their own little mini economic armies. Now, this is great for technology progression and and uh, economic expansion, but it leaves a lot of the individuals. Uh, it leaves a lot of the individuals unfulfilled, unhappy, unconnected, depressed, lacking the individual the individual needs and desires that they truly need to be a happy, successful, fulfilled person. And we're seeing this more in the 21st century, uh, you know, this, this expansion and this breaking away from, uh, from the industrialist ideas of, you know, having to work in a corporation, having to have a nine to five job, all of these ideas, right? Because the reality is we've found that trying to force everybody into a cookie, a cookie cutter box is creating a lot of mental issues. You know, right now we have we have more uh, capital wealth and we have more simplicity and safety and comfort in the world, yet we're killing ourselves, right? According to Forbes, over 80% of people in nine to fives are depressed, stressed, anxious, unfulfilled, disconnected, or disengaged from their work and jobs. Less than 20%, less than one out of five people are actually engaged and happy with what they do. That is mind-blowing, but this is what happens when we pursue that kind of education system. So, you know, what really what the trivium is all about is teaching you how to learn on your own, how to reason on your own, and how to critically question everything so that you can find what really matters to you. So you can build a fulfilling life. Now let's let's translate that to what's going on with outcome-based learning, which is how the education system is built currently. So outcome-based learning, the way that I describe outcome-based learning, right? If you think of the trivium as requiring mastery, learning the fundamentals, learning the basics. So let's say you're learning piano, right? If you think of the trivium, uh, the trivium as mastery, right? You start with uh, your different chords. You start with uh, you know the, the basics of being able to read sheet music. And you start with some really basic music like chopsticks, right? If you're learning piano, you want to start with the basics, the fundamentals, and you need to master those before you move to level two, then level three, then level four, then level five. Now, with outcome-based learning, this is a majority how a majority of our education system is actually uh, built currently. I want you to think of it like this. If I gave you instructions, detailed instructions, video instructions on how to play a piece by Mozart, right? And it was a, you know, three minute piece by Mozart. 
and I gave you detailed instructions on how to do it, like what keys to hit, how to do it, the timing and everything like that. If you practice that one piece for a few months, you know, three, four months, you could actually get it down, right? Because you're just going for a single outcome, right? You're just going for that single outcome for being able to play this one piece by Mozart. So by sheer repetition, you will be able to play that one piece after a couple of months. But if I then gave you a piece by Bach and I gave you the sheet music for it, you couldn't do anything. Because you never learned the fundamentals. You never learned how to learn. You never mastered the process of learning. You never mastered the process of reasoning, critically thinking, and creating something on your own. So you're not a master pianist. You were just able to play one piece one time. And that's the way that a majority of our education system is done these days. So the reason that I'm making sure everybody understands this is because if you want to be fulfilled, if you want to be happy, and you want to you want to find a, a, a life with more money, more meaning, and more freedom. We have to understand that the current education system that you may have gone through is not going to get you there. So obviously, I don't want to just leave you in hell with this right now. So I want to give you a couple of quick ideas of what you can do to start to move forward properly if you are feeling stuck and realizing uh, that the education system was not for you. Or maybe you know someone that knows that the education system is not for them. Uh, and you can share this podcast with them. Obviously, we dig a lot deeper into all of this in the Shit You Don't Learn in College book. Uh, you can check that out at sidlicbook.com, S-Y-D-L-I-C book.com. But the first step, the very first step into figuring out how to have a life with more money, more meaning, and more freedom is to get clarity on your direction, right? Again, like we talked about, 61% of all degree holders would go back and change their major if they could. The high majority of them citing that they want to pursue something that they're more passionate about but didn't have clarity on until later down their life. Now, here's something that I tell people, right? If you're asking someone to pick the direction of their life at the age of 17 or 18, that is crazy. That is mind-blowing. Who does that, right? Like the high majority of people have no idea what they want to do. They haven't had enough life experience. They haven't been through enough, uh, enough of the conversations and exercises to really know what direction they want to go down. And now they're going to go spend $100,000 on their education to decide fully where they want to go. Now, what's really heartbreaking around this is I have a lot of friends uh, who are incredibly intelligent. Some of them became lawyers after UCLA. Some of them became doctors after UCLA. And it is heartbreaking to see when some of them realize when they're 10, 12, 15 years down that path, a half million dollars into their education that they no longer want to pursue this route. Now, I have a lot of friends who are doctors and some of them absolutely love what they do and they're 100% passionate to be doctors and they need to be doctors, right? But then I have other friends that are doctors that are so far down the investment path, you know, whatever it is, 10, 12 years after they originally started with pre-med that at this point, you know, they're just like, well, I can't do anything else. I'm 15 years invested. I'm a half million dollars in debt. I can't do anything else because they've gone so deep into the rabbit hole. And one of the biggest issues with this is people never take the time to get clarity from the very beginning. Now, um, I'm not going to tell you that it's, you know, it's one simple step to get clarity around your life purpose or anything like that. But what I will tell you is you can actively do some exercises to get clarity around your direction, your purpose in life pretty damn quickly because clarity is uh, the way that I call clarity. It's, it's like a puzzle piece. It's like a jigsaw puzzle, right? And the more of these little puzzle pieces, each puzzle piece is, you know, it's a, it's a, a conversation, a deep conversation with a mentor. It's, a, it's a, a life-changing experience that you go through. Maybe losing a loved one or getting in a, 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 you know, a car crash or something that makes life flash before your eyes or uh, getting let go from a job or something like that. It's these big life-changing experiences that cause you to critically question, like we talked about. Think differently. 
look back and wonder what could be and what needs to be in the future, right? So each one of these situations and these exercises that you can go through or conversations you have with a mentor is a lot like a puzzle piece. And as you collect these puzzle pieces, the puzzle starts to get clearer. Now, you don't have to have the entire jigsaw puzzle to start to be able to see a picture, right? You know, even at about 30% or 40% of the jigsaw puzzle, you can start to make sense of what the jigsaw puzzle is actually going to look like. So, uh, you know, obviously, you know, this takes a lot of work. When we do this with our clients, we have about, we have about uh, 15 different exercises that we take people through. And when people go through these 15 different exercises, uh, they come out the other side and they go, oh my God, for the first time in my life, I'm crystal clear. And I'm going to give you one of those exercises in a minute here so that we can start you down that path. But one thing that I want to remind you, right, it's, it's not just about what you're passionate about, right? It's when you're, when you're trying to figure out what you want to do in your life, it's, it's a lot more than just what you love. It's also what you're good at and what this world needs. So when you're pursuing something in life that you want, you want to be fulfilled and make money and have meaning and have a bigger impact, you need to pursue something that is in the inter intersection of what you love, what you're good at, and what this world values. There's a lot of people that go after maybe something that they love, and maybe they're even good at, but this world doesn't need it. So they never get paid for it. If it's not something this world needs, they never get paid for it, right? If you, uh, <laughs> just, just a good example, if, uh, you know, if you're really good at um, doing laundry, right? If you're really good at doing laundry, you're making muffins, right? If you're really good at making muffins, right? And you really love it and you're really good at it, well, I guess you could open up a bakery. So that is, so that is something the world needs. The world does need bakeries, right? Um, but you see what I'm saying? If it's just something that you love and something that you're good at, but people don't want to buy it, well, then it's just more of a hobby, right? It's more of a hobby that you can love and be good at, but if the world doesn't need it, it's not something that you can turn into a, uh, a life-fulfilling purpose and career. So the real problem is that most people are forced to choose what this thing is well before they do any of these exercises. So the first thing I want to do is I want to make sure that you're going down the path of learning these things so you can get clarity now. And then I'm going to show you one of the first steps you can take to actually pursuing a life with more money, more meaning, and more freedom. So the first exercise that I love to share with people, and we have a lot more exercises like this in our book. Um, the first exercise is something that I call 20 things you love. So we are going to help you find what it is that you really love to do. So the way that I do this, the Dalai Lama, the Dalai Lama always talks about you can use, uh, you can use your joy as a compass to the direction that you should be going down. You should be following your joy. You should be following that internal intuition in some form, right? And so it's a super simple exercise. The way that you do this, the first thing you do is you literally just write down 20 things that you love to do. I want you to put 10 minutes on a clock on a timer and write down 20 things that you love to do. Now, don't think about it too hard. Don't think about it too hard. Just go you know, real quickly. You know, For me, I could say, uh, I, love to, I love to hug and kiss and talk to my wife. I love to have a nice glass of tequila. I love to read a good book. I love to coach our clients. I love to do podcasts that get, get this great information to the world, right? So don't think about it too hard. Just get to 20 things um, and just let it out. Let it free flow. Don't overthink it. Now, once you've gotten to 20 things that you love to do, I want you to go back to that list and I want you to give yourself another five minutes. And next to the 20 things that you love to do, I want you to write down why. Why do you think you love to do this thing? This is critical thought. This is what we were talking about. Why do you think it is that you love to do this thing? Well, I love, uh, you know, I love hugging and kissing my wife because I love being connected to people. I'm, I'm, I'm really big on connection with people. 
Um, I love to travel because I love new experiences and I love learning and getting different perspectives. Um, I love to have a nice glass of tequila because uh, it helps me, you know, just be present and have fun and be in joy. Um, I love to read a good book because I, I love to learn and I love to grow. Uh, I love to do these podcasts and coach my clients because I love teaching others to have better lives, right? And as you do this, you'll go through and you'll do twenty thing, the 20 things you love to do and the 20 reasons why, okay? Now, at the end, you're going to go back and you're going to spend another five minutes and you're going to look at all the whys together. And we've now done this with hundreds of people. And every single time, every single person can find somewhere between three to five different paradigms or principles that run through their life of why they love to do the things that they love to do. And I call this the function behind the form, right? This is the function behind the form of what you do. For example, the form is reading a book, right? The function is to learn. I love to learn and grow. The form can be traveling. The function, again, to learn and grow. Right? So you can see those are two different forms to the same function. And as you break this down, you will find between three to five different functions or three to five different principles that run through your life that bring you joy. For me, the first time that I ever did this exercise, I broke it down and it was pretty simple. It came down to I love to learn and grow. I love to connect with other people. And I love to teach. I love to teach and help others. Right, teach, help, and serve others. It came down to those three principles. And um, one of my mentors once told me, when you figure it out, when you figure out what it is you love to do, and you can build a life where eighty percent of your life you spend doing shit that you love to do, you will win. Right? That was his definition of success. When you build a life where you can spend eighty percent of your time doing what it is you love to do, because you're, you know, you're probably almost never going to be able to spend a hundred percent of time doing the things that you love to do. Like I don't love taking out the trash, but I'm going to do it because it helps me connect with my wife and keep her happy, right? So there's always going to be things that you don't want to do, but if you can find a life where you can spend eighty percent of your time doing things that you love, you've won. You've succeeded in life. And this is the first step. This is one of the first exercises that we teach people to do when it comes to getting clarity around their direction. This is just one of the puzzle pieces, one of many. But as you start to do more things like this, as you listen to this podcast, as you do more of these exercises, you'll get more clarity. You'll get better ideas of what your direction is so that you can then take action. Now, getting clarity is not enough, right? Getting clarity is not everything. It is part of the process, but the next step is really figuring out how to be actionable and start moving down that direction, which is where the second step that I wanna share with everybody is finding mentorship, right? Finding mentorship is one of the most important things that you can do once you do get clarity. Uh, I just did an interview with, uh, with John Lee Dumas, and one of the things that he talked about, he said, you know, the first step is to get clear on your idea and, and your direction. And then we talked about it, and he was like, wait, no, the first step is actually get the blueprint for the whole process. And then the first, the first step after the first step is to get clear on your direction, right? So when you are clear, when you are clear on where you want to go, you want to have mentorship. You want to you want to find someone who's been there, right? You want to find someone who is at the place you would love to trade lives with. If you want to be sitting in their shoes, that's the person you should be learning from. Now think about the contrast from this versus the education system, right? When you go to college, do you want to be a professor? Like, did you, did you sign up for college to be a college professor? If you didn't, don't, don't you find it a little bit ironic that you're going to be learning from college professors how to go do stuff in the real world? 
a little bit backwards, isn't it? So unless you want to be a college professor, you probably shouldn't be learning from college professors. You should be learning from people who do what you want to do, who, who, who are living the life that you want to live. You know, if you think back to the ancient Greek times, they had apprenticeships. Right? You would work underneath the person in real on-the-job practical experience to figure out what it actually meant to do that job. Right Now, often today's, you may have to pay for mentorship, but that payment can range from buying a book for you know 20 bucks, or you can pay one-on-one uh, -on -one mentorship to coaches and mentors. Um, but really, it depends on what you're willing to invest. But I would start by investing in books. Start by investing in podcasts, listening to podcasts like this one, investing in books like The Shit You Don't Learn in College Book, so that you can get mentorship from successful people who've done the damn thing and that can show you how to do it rather than trying to learn this stuff from a college degree, from people that are just theorizing around what actually works. Now, I did this when I first started my business, you know, which was really hard for me. When I quit Cisco, you know, I had spent $120,000 on my, on my degree at UCLA, and I put myself in a lot of debt, right? So I was, after I paid that off, after working at Cisco, I was terrified to go back and invest, my, invest in myself again, right? But what I realized was, you know, I spent $120,000 to learn from people that didn't know what they were talking about and take me down a route that wasn't going to help me be, be fulfilled. Why would I hesitate to spend some money to get uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of a head start, a little bit of a, a time collapsing to help me be able to live my true best life from people who actually knew what they were doing. And I spent, I spent a lot of money, guys. I put myself into about $25,000 worth of debt and credit card debt when I first started uh, my entrepreneurial career. But I learned how to build a six-figure coaching business in about three to four months. And I was able to get to the seven-figure mark within about 12 months. Now, it took me four years, technically four and a half years, to learn how to be a six-figure engineer. And it took me four months to learn how to be a six-figure entrepreneur because I invested in people who actually knew practically how to make it happen. Right. So in short, our education system was designed to create cogs in a wheel, but today's society is hungry for individual freedom, individual expression, and true fulfillment. And that means doing things a little bit differently. So if you're feeling like the college system or the education system is not working for you, right, make sure to check out sidlicbook.com, S-Y-D-L-I-C book.com to opt in for our pre-sale of the Shit You Don't Learn in College book and invest in mentors, invest in podcasts, invest in books from people that are where you want to be because that's going to be the best way to get you to where you want to go. Now, that's all I have for today's show. Don't forget that knowledge without action yields nothing, so make sure you implement what you learn here with us. And just another reminder for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you haven't got, if, you've, if you haven't, if you have gotten any value from this podcast, I guess if you haven't either, you can still do this. Uh, don't forget to go to sidlickbook.com and opt in to be notified when the pre-sale for shit you don't learn in college book opens up August 23rd. It will be an absolute game changer. Everybody who buys the book during the pre-sale launch will get over $3,000 in bonus trainings and programs. So you'll want to head over to sidlickbook.com and check it out now. We have a ton of the bonuses and trainings. There are gonna be a lot of the exercises that are referenced in this episode to help you get clarity, help you learn how to take action, how to help you find a, a good mentor and learn the skills you need to actually be successful in life. So I can't wait for you to get in there and check it out. And we'll see you on the next episode. 
All right. That's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.